I'd like for us to begin reviewing where we have been so far in our series, Seeing Better in 2019, Gaining God's Vision for Your Life. We've been in this series a while, so I thought it'd be good to kind of highlight uh, some of the high points that we have covered along the way before we dive in uh, to our message this morning. So early on, we talked about how the Bible, God's word given to us, helps us to see better. How his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We talked about our need to get our eyes checked. Just like we go uh, to the optometrist, we believe that God is our divine optometrist, helping us to see better spiritually. We need to get our eyes checked often. Then we looked at uh, that what we look at in the world, kind of where our attention and our gaze is focused upon in the world, uh, what we're looking at matters to God. It really does. There's some good things and there are some bad things to look at, to gaze upon, uh, to bring into our eyes, which then goes into our souls. So what we look at matters to God. And we talked about how the eyes are indeed windows right into our soul and has a tremendous effect on us. So we need to watch what we watch. Uh, we uh, talked about how if our eyes are healthy, you know, our hearts will be too on the inside. And how Jesus calls us to a radically new kind of vision. To see things differently in the world because of our relationship with him. And with that, we asked two questions at the end of that sermon about kind of this new way of seeing and in regards to what we, we view, what we watch, or what we read. You know, that's reading is what we take in through the eyes. Books and magazines and obviously internet pages and on our devices. All these things. We're taking info. We're taking images. We're taking content in through these eyes. And we had two questions with that. One was, in anything we're looking at to decide is it good or not, should we be looking at this? Is One, is it helping or hindering my soul. I think that's just an easy question. Right away, we kind of know, you know. Is this helping me or is this, is this hindering me? Number two, is it bringing me closer to God? Or is it pulling me away from God? Today, we will explore the question... How can we see God? And I'm not going to answer this in totality here, okay? I was going to, you know, uh, we might need hours upon hours, and I probably wouldn't give it, ju- give it justice. But we have a few things we're going to look at today from God's Word to, bring, uh, to teach us well and to look at how can we see God. Now, in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 33, verse 20, we hear that no one can see God and live. It's kind of a strong statement. No one can see God and, and live. 
But in the Bible, we do see people having kind of visions of God or very short appearances of God. But no one saw God completely. No one saw God in the fullness of his power and his glory and his light that shines, you know, a billion times brighter than our sun. And we know we can't look at our sun without, right, having issues. In all of God's glory, in all of God's brilliance, nobody has seen him completely and lived to talk about it. God is invisible. God is spirit. God is everywhere. And we know that our eyes cannot look everywhere at once. So it is impossible, in one sense, it's impossible to see God's form. Impossible. But like we talked last week, God designed us to know him by faith. So through our eyes of faith, that's that spiritual vision that we've been talking about, the eyes of faith, or we can also say the eyes of the heart, because that's in one of the scriptures we're looking at today out of Ephesians 1. Okay, eyes of faith, it's, I think it's synonymous with the eyes of the heart. But through eyes of faith, through the eyes of the heart, we can see God for who he is. And we can see God at work in our lives and in the world. As we walk with God by faith, reading the scriptures every day, we will... We will catch glimpses of God's personality and his character. We might not see his form, but we'll see who God really is. His personality and his character shining through the pages of the Bible to teach us this is our God. This is how great he is. We're going to walk with him. We will, all, we will begin to see through the Bible... God is is full of love and peace, full of patience. We need patience, patient with us, and, and filled with compassion for us. We see his goodness and his gentleness towards us. We start to see that God is extremely just, but he is also extremely merciful. And then we can also see God at work in our lives. We often say it this way. Say, I saw God's hand at work. That's, that's a phrase we often use for this, the seeing God. I saw God's hand in that situation. I saw God's hand in that person's life or in my life. Now we know We are not saying here that we literally see God's form. We've covered that. But we can see God at work. God at work. God on the move in our lives. We can. And we will see this if we have eyes of faith. If we don't have eyes of faith, then 
we will not see, we will not understand. We talked last week, we live by faith and not by sight. Speaking of just our physical sight, if we just look at what's around us, then you're, you're not going to see God. But we deepen it through our faith and we see God in our lives, we see God in the world. And I think all of us today could be or should be humble enough to recognize that our spiritual eyesight could improve. That's just where we all are, all of us. This spiritual eyesight, this, this faith eyesight could improve, could get stronger, more focused. You know, we want to, to move towards 2020 spiritual vision. That's the life of faith that we have with God. We want to be more focused and see God for who he is and what he's doing. So now I want us to look at the Bible here a little bit and, and see how we can see God better. And now we'll go to our first verse. Let's put that up there. Matthew 5, verse 8. This is within Jesus' iconic Sermon on the Mount. He just delivers an awesome sermon here. This is just one phrase that really here applies for us. Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. There it is. They will see God. So what Jesus is telling us is that those with a, a pure heart will be blessed. He says it's a guarantee. It's a lifetime and an eternal guarantee that he gives us. Why? Why are we blessed? We're blessed that, that through a pure heart, we have the blessing of seeing God. So our first point today is one that is very straightforward as one of the answers to our question, how can we see God? And it's right in your notes, is be pure in heart. We often don't think about this, do we? I think especially in the culture in which we live. There's just not a lot of talk about purity uh, in any way, shape, or form. It's just, it's just not. But with God, it matters. He says to have a pure life, to have a pure heart. That's what we're talking about. So I'm going to say a few things about a pure heart. What, what are we talking about here? A pure heart is one that is a fully devoted to God. It is not contaminated, right? You think of contamination. Uh, those impurities are not there due to the excessive concern for worldly things, and worldly things that are temporary, that will pass away, right? You can't take it with you. So why have this ultra concern for all these things of the earth versus our relationship with God? So a pure heart is one that is not, not taken off course by the attractions and the distractions of the world. I think we have both. Where there's the attractions and there's the distractions of the world. A pure heart goes way beyond looking righteous before others. It's having an inward righteousness as a gift 
from Jesus in you. It's not a righteousness that we have on our own accord. We don't have it. You know, the Bible is clear that we've all sinned. We fall short of God's perfect standard. So this inward righteousness that we have is by faith, as a gift from Jesus, just given to our hearts. And so this inward righteousness of a pure heart is that when no one is looking, this this is important here, when no one is looking, you still desire to live with integrity and a solid character, knowing fully that what others cannot see, God sees. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Make every effort to live in peace and with everyone, And to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So a pure and holy heart is one that is clean before God. That's part of being pure and holy. We put that together. And I do think pure and holy are are, are pretty synonymous terms. Uh, But it's to have a clean heart before God. And I want to... thought about this, uh, hopefully it's an okay analogy, but our windshields, when we're driving, you know, they get really dirty, and, and it's really hard to see what's in front of us, and we don't want our windshields dirty, we want them clean, so we can see, and our hearts, when fully clean, will be able to see God and his work in the world. Does that make sense? And that windshield, if you will, of our eyes and our hearts is just clean. We'll be able to see better God's hand, who God really is. Our first step, we really want a clean and pure heart. Like I said before, and the Bible is clear, we, we can't just do this on our own. We, we can't. We need help. The first step is to ask Jesus to come in and just to forgive all your sins and to wash you clean. Maybe you're here and you said, I've done that, Andy. I have done that. I've asked for Jesus to come in, to forgive. Give me a good and right heart before God. But if you haven't, you need to do that today. That's the encouragement today from the pulpit to say, yes, Jesus, I need you. I want you to clean me out from the inside. Make me new so I can see you and be with you. See, apart from God, our hearts are are treacherous and deceitful. Our only hope is through Jesus. And isn't that good news that we have hope? We do. Not all these different directions, but Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. And we come through him we can be clean and holy on the inside. And so yes, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Jesus is our guarantee of having a heavenly home. In the end, through Jesus, through Jesus, we will be able to see God. 
But before seeing God fully, completely, when we get to heaven, I still believe that he wants to be seen and known through our eyes of faith as we take this journey on the earth. For this to happen, we not only need a pure heart, but we need a praying heart. A heart that prays. And so this would be our second answer to that question. How can we see God? Pray for your eyes to be opened. Pray. So let this enter into your prayer life today, this week and and onward. To say, Lord, open my eyes so I can see you for who you are. Lord, help me to see your hand in my life. Open my eyes so I can see you working all around me. Just that that can become part of our prayer life. Lord, help me to see you. Because when we see God at, at work, it'll bring joy. It'll bring comfort. It'll bring peace that the world cannot provide. Let's go now to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through the very beginning of verse 19. The Apostle Paul says here, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray, here it is, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The Apostle Paul is praying for the eyes of our heart to be enlightened. That means to to be fully open. So I believe, like I said before, the eyes of the heart are those eyes of faith that we've been talking about. And in preparing this message and learning that we are to pray for our eyes to be open to God, uh, I thought of the blind man named Bartimaeus. You probably remember uh, reading in the New Testament. And Bartimaeus uh, was blind on the side of the road calling out for Jesus, (laughs) calling for help. And we go there now, Luke uh, 18, starting in verse 40. So Jesus stopped. And he ordered the man be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. When he said to Jesus, Lord... I want to see. That was a prayer. That was his prayer. See, when we talk with another person, we call it talking. But when we choose to make that switch and go vertical, when we talk to God, it becomes praying. 
And I think a lot of us, and myself included at times, we sometimes do a lot of talking to just other people. And maybe we could do some more talking to God. And that's what we call praying. And the Bible lets us know in, in no uncertain terms that there is power when we begin praying. See, we believe that Jesus was God standing upon the earth. That's what we believe. 100% man, but 100% God. He was God standing upon the earth. So, hear this now, when blind Bartimaeus asked Jesus to help him to see, it was a prayer. You get that? Talking to Jesus, our God. It was a prayer, and that prayer then was answered. And we need to be just like our brother Bartimaeus, asking Jesus to help us see now as we begin to close, I just want us to be thinking and maybe be real about where we are right now in our spiritual lives. You might be feeling very disconnected from God. We know that happens. Uh, that you're not really seeing very much right now uh, spiritually. You feel like, I'm not really seeing God's movement or, or work in my life. And, and that can happen. We all have those moments. We have those times, those seasons in our life. It's nothing to get too down about. But at the same time, it should cause us to maybe, wow, to take note. What's, what maybe is going on? And I would say maybe, just maybe, the world, yeah, the attractions and the distractions, maybe have kind of gotten in the way of you and God. So much so that your heart is so distracted by many things that it's hard to see. Kind of like all the bugs and, and grime on the windshield. It's hard to see. And you've gotten so busy that you rarely pray. And so that's something we need to think about. Yeah. So when that happens, what we need to do, just like we, we make checks on our vehicle, we check to make sure things are running properly, I think all of us could check today the purity of our heart and the strength of our prayer life. That's the things we can check. So what we've said today is this, that it is possible. Let's go to the next uh, slide. It is possible to see God. How? There might be other ways, but here's ways that we see through God's word. How can we see God? Through a pure and a praying heart. To round out this message, on the earth, we will see God partially through eyes of faith. In heaven, we will see God fully face. To face, to see God and live with God for eternity is the greatest gift we could ever ask for. In the beginning, I referenced how in the Old Testament scripture, it said that, that no one could see God and live, live to talk about it. But the good news, my brothers and sisters, the good news is that through Jesus the day will come 
when we will see God fully and completely and we will not die. We will live forever and ever. It's hard to imagine, but I think we should try. Let's pray. Lord, help us to see you for who you truly are each and every day on this journey. Help us to see. Open our eyes of faith. Open the eyes of our heart to see your work in us and around us, to see your hand move powerfully. Jesus, give us pure and praying hearts, unstained by the world and focused on you through faith, love, and hope. We look forward to the triumphant day when we will see you face to face. It will be a glorious day. We thank you for that day will come. In and through you, Jesus. We pray, amen.